is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers Standard rolling along here, and man, this song takes me back to NBA Street Volume 2. On on the on the GameCube. Could not agree more, oh, Kellen. Man, it is the it is the first thing that comes to mind. Absolutely, absolute banger coming back here. Um, our last episode, we talked about guys that will make uh, their first Pro Bowl or Pro Bowl, excuse me, guys that have the potential to to ascend to their first Pro Bowl. Um, on this episode, we're going to talk about some guys that um, are some you know some guys are more recognizable than others, obviously, but guys that are on the roster bubble to make their respective teams. Guys that. Some of these guys you, you'll recognize and say, "Oh, yeah, like he had a, he's had a really good career. He's at the end of his career." Um, guys that maybe haven't lived up to their entire potential, um, and and I think you know as we've talked about, it's not easy um, to to be with an NFL team for you know a long time. Again, the NFL stands for not for long. Uh, that's something that a lot of people have talked about, and especially you know with the running back position, certain positions are you know more than others, and and now even more so, the game continues to change. Um, and you have to evolve with it. And, you know, like that scene in, in Moneyball, adapt or die. Um, and, you know, again, that's some of these guys that are that are on this list are facing that. You have to adapt or, or die. Um, so let's jump right into this. Um, starting off in the AFC East, uh, it's the Buffalo Bills. The veteran that they think is in danger um, is running back Matt Breida. Um, he's a guy that is recognizable. He hasn't been in the league super long. Um, you know, he was on the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, and he had – some really good years. I mean, last year, I know he was, he was beat up a lot last year. Um, but I mean, in his career, he's run for 2,156 yards and six touchdowns. Um, you know, he's, he had some games last year where he showed flashes, but as you mentioned in our last episode, talking about the Buffalo bills, um, their, their offense, it's a kind of a, a crowded running back room too. Um, you know, you mentioned Zach Moss, you mentioned Devin Singletary and, and their running game wasn't good last year. So I'm assuming that Breida thought, oh, I'm going to come in there and help the running game right away. But he's probably the third option there, and he's still got two guys to beat out for that third spot. Yeah, I mean, Matt Breida was most recognizable when he was on the 49ers. And overall, they had a when, when they went to the Super Bowl, they had a great running option and mm-hmm. a great running back room. But yeah, as I've as you pointed out, how I mentioned before, the running game for the Buffalo Hill for the Buffalo Bills is a significant weakness, despite their mobile running quarterback in Josh Allen. So with guys already on the team like Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, it, it doesn't look great for Matt Breida. Yeah, I mean, it was 20, 2018 was the year that they went to the Super Bowl, I believe, right? Was it 2018? Uh, the 2019-2020 season that the Niners went to the Super Bowl. Okay, well, just as reference, in 2018, he ran for 814 yards for the Niners. Yeah. In 2019, he ran for 623 yeah. yards. Um, I think that he only played in 13 games in 2019, 14 in 2018. So he has been in the league for five years now. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, this is a guy that, you know, kind of has to adapt or die. And um, I don't know if he'll make it. I, I'm assuming that he will. I mean, he's probably better than Antonio Williams and Christian Wade for the final running back spot. I don't know if he can play much specials at this mm-hmm. point. I don't know. Um, but that might be what it comes down to for a couple of these guys. Mm-hmm. I think he's the best option out of those three. Um, but again, how much is he even going to play? You know, with, right. with with Zach Moss and Devin Singletary there in Buffalo. And when it's a weak running game to begin with, it's not going to make his life any easier. No, it's not. And I think that's fair. Uh, moving on to the Miami Dolphins, this is a guy that's recognizable. It's Alan Hearns, the wide receiver, um, formerly of the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Um, and we've talked about this a lot. Miami's got a good offense. You know, they added Will, Fer- Will Fuller, um, Jalen Waddle. they added in the draft too. Um, Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. Um, Lynn Bowden kind of, you know, emerged into a role last year. Um, and, I mean, that's one, two, three, four, five. That's five guys right there that are definitely going to make the roster. Um, you know, Albert Wilson, too. Um, he's, you know, yeah. a versatile backup, too. Alan Hearns definitely isn't the same receiver he was when he was paired no, up with Alan Robinson in his no. days in Jacksonville. Everyone remembers the the Allen brothers, if you will, that, that short era of those two guys playing together. But, yeah, I definitely think with – a crowded running or wide receiver room, especially when you go out and use your your top ten pick on a guy like uh, Devon, or I'm sorry, on Jalen Waddle. Right, it, it doesn't look good for you as a fringe receiver. And he didn't play last year, Alan Hearns, um, in 2020. He did not play. Uh, I don't know if that was COVID opt out or I'm assuming that's probably what it was. And he's played uh, what six years in the NFL now. He does have a 1,000 yard season to his credit. That was when he was with Jacksonville in 2015. Um, opposite um, Allen Robinson, and he had 10 touchdowns that year, too. He has been productive um, over his career, but, man, that's a loaded wide receiver room. I just don't see how you burst into that. I don't see how you get in um, to that wide receiving group. I think Allen Hearns could definitely still play, um, you know, in a different in a different situation, a different, you know, uh, atmosphere. But, man, Miami's going to be tough right, to break and a, into. and a less crowded receiver yeah. core. Yeah. I mean, I, like I said, I think he can still play at this mm-hmm. level, and he'll probably, you know, if he doesn't make this roster, no, he'll it's, probably it's, make it's another one. It's against him. It's just that this is a very crowded yeah. receiver. And this is one of the ones where there's really nothing. It's not his fault. It's not his doing um, that, you know, he finds himself on the bubble, whereas this next guy for the New England Patriots, it, I believe it is on his uh, on him. Uh, it's his doing, and it's wide receiver Nikhil Harry. Um, I think you said in a prior episode that you you said he's an absolute bust at this point, right? Yeah, Didn't and you say I that? think the, it, the the Patriots are notorious for not being able to draft well. Bill Belichick is a great uh, general manager when it comes to the free agent market. But in terms of drafting, especially drafting receivers, they really yeah, have not had true. their fair share of luck. And Nikhil no. Harry is probably the, the poster child for that because when everyone when, – when the Patriots got Nikhil Harry, everyone thought this is going to be the change of uh, the changing of the times because everyone thought Nikhil Harry was going to be this first great receiver drafted by the team. Yeah, and he just – And he's uh, done absolutely nothing. To put it in perspective, he's in two years, 2019-2020 – uh, this would be his third year. He's played in 21 games, seven his first year, 14 last year, so that's a step up. He only has 45 catches on 81 targets, 414 yards receiving in his career thus far, and four touchdowns. Um, yeah, that's not good. Um, and again, this is another situation, too, where it's a, it, it's a crowded wide receiver room, probably because of the fact, I don't know, you know, if you're the Patriots, I don't know if we can rely on Nikhil Harry this year. Um, you no, bring in Nelson not. Aguilar. You bring in, you know, Jacoby Myers. He was already there. Kendrick Bourne. Um, I mean, that's a, a loaded wide receiver yeah. room. And, oh, by the way, you have Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith at the tight end position for the Patriots. There's a lot of mouths to feed mm-hmm. there. Um, and another guy like uh, Gunnar Olszewski, or Olszewski, I don't exactly know how to say his name. He was a, a fantastic punt returner last year. He's a receiver by trade. He's going mm-hmm. to make the team. So, that, you know, that's probably an extra wide receiver, too. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if Harry will make the the, the Patriots roster. Yeah, it wouldn't really shock me if he does. No, I mean it's he's kind of a guy too that's said that he's open to a trade, open to movement. I I, I wouldn't be shocked at all because again, 
the NFL stands for not for long. You have to make a, a splash. Um, I mean, if he does make the team, if he doesn't make one this year, he's surely not going to be on the roster next year. There's no way. He just hasn't been what the Patriots thought that they were getting. Uh, moving on to the Jets, it's um, tackle Chuma Adoga. Um, he started 12 games since being drafted in the third round in 2019, but he's slipped f- so far down the depth chart that his roster spot's in jeopardy. Yeah, um, I mean, when you, you're you're here for three years and you've only played 12 games. It's not good. And you're a third-round pick. It's not even, If you're a first-round pick, maybe you get a little more slack or maybe you're considered faster to be a bust. Sure. But still, I mean, you don't even have that first-round pedigree. You're just a guy that was taken and not and not the first or second round, so it shouldn't shock anyone that this guy is is on this list for those reasons. Yeah, it says here he's no better than the fourth tackle behind yeah. Mekhi Becton, George Fant, and then they also recently signed Morgan Moses. Don't forget, um, and they said Adogo was a risky pick at that time because he was inconsistent in college and his off the field concerns. Um, and but it says hope that he would mature and grow into his potential. He hasn't done that um, again, and I think the Jets are really doing something. I don't want to say special or, or great with their offensive line, but they are building it the right way. They are going about it the right way. I don't know if you want to have that dead weight. Three, you know, three games or, or 12 games in three years. I don't know if you want that there. Right. I, I don't. And I think that's, it's fair um, for the Baltimore Ravens. It's offensive tackle, Andre Smith. Um, he was the number six pick in the 2009 draft. So he has been around for a while. Um, he also opted out last year, um, you know, because of COVID and everything. Um, Oh, and uh, it also says here the Ravens could use an experienced swing tackle because Ronnie Stanley is coming off of ankle surgery, and obviously they traded Orlando Brown this past year. Mm-hmm. Um, this so, is the guy. This is the first guy we've seen on this list that's a true veteran. This yeah, guy's I been mean, in the league for what, 12, 13 years already. Yeah. So this is this is a real veteran that may be just done with the show. He might be in. I mean, but again, with the they do need a swing tackle. It could end up working in his favor because of the fact that he has that experience. Um, and the Ravens, you know, they did bring in um, Alejandro Villanueva. Don't forget, maybe right. that was, um, you know, the spot that Smith was maybe hoping to get. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, this is a guy, too, uh, you know, when you've been in the league that long, it, you know, again, can you last as long as, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't think that you can. Um, we'll see what happens there for the Bengals. Um, it's offensive lineman Xavier Suafolo. Um, he was signed last year to be in the mix for a guard spot. Um, but then they, you know, they acquired uh, Quentin Spain, um, who appeared to end the offseason in the inside track at left guard. Their their offensive line situation last year wasn't great. I mean, you got to think, no. too, they brought in B.J. Finney um, and he didn't even play for them. Right. Um, you know, so, um, you know, this is a guy that they thought, OK, let's bring him in. Let's you know try to throw him out there and, and see if he can stick. And then, you know, maybe we'll have a starting guard next year. But if he gets beat out by another guy you brought in at the midseason point. Um, I think that tells you something about them. And, and again, the Bengals are going to try to build their offensive line the best they can. Yeah. It definitely would have helped this year um, if it you would have went about it the right way in the draft. It shouldn't shock anyone that any of the offensive linemen on this team would make this list. Yeah, Just right. because it's so weak. It's one of the worst units in the NFL. Should not shock anyone. I hear you there. For the Browns, this one's a little bit surprising I know. for this me. Is, this is the first one that I, I kind of – I kind of scratch my chin over. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's Mac Wilson, the linebacker. Um, I don't know if he's in danger to get cut. Uh, I think I don't know if Mac Wilson has been. You know, he, this is his third year. He hasn't been bad. Right. I mean, he's played in twenty nine games in two years. That's pretty good. Sixteen and thirteen, that's, that's, respectively. That's, that's 
you're missing three games there. I know last year he wasn't fantastic. He wasn't necessarily the guy either. In 2019, he was kind of more the guy. He had 82 tackles last year, only 39. And I understand why they kind of are feeling that way because they did draft JOK, um, and they didn't really – they didn't think – I'm sure the Browns didn't think they were going to get JOK. But with a guy like that, you, you have to draft him. So I do understand where they're coming from here. Um, in saying that that Mac Wilson is in danger because JOK could just move right in and be the mm-hmm. starter, um, but you know I I think he probably will end up being the starter JOK, but he that doesn't mean that Mac Wilson's in danger of not making the roster. I think he's more in danger of losing his starting spot and then carving out a role, um, which is obviously important. The two or three linebacker you're going to play a right, lot. Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with this one. No, I don't think I agree with this one either. But again, I, I think it's more just to say that the JOK is is the ascending player and Mac Jones might be on the downturn in just his third year, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to make the roster. Yeah. That one. I definitely don't agree with this mm-hmm. next one for the Steelers. This is a decent conversation. I, yeah. I think um, they say the veteran in danger is Benny Snell. Um, and I think that's fair. Um, I was very high on Benny Snell last year. I said at one point he should be the starter for the Steelers. I think a lot of people thought that this is only Benny's third year. And I understand that, but, it's kind of a crowded running back room. Yeah, it is now uh, when, you, when you consider the addition of Kalen Balage, which wasn't necessary. It was just because no. when when James Conner was lost, you you had to. I don't I don't even remember which came first the the subtraction of James Conner or the addition of Kalen Balage, but neither were shocking or neither were no. were great improvements. To lose James Conner, which a lot of people had problems with, but yeah. to add Kalen Balaj wasn't going to do much help either. It just, yeah, there's there's Najee Harris at the top, and there's a lot of guys behind him. Yeah. It's just which guy won't make it. Yeah, it's what Najee. There's Benny Snell. There's Jalen Samuels. Samuels Kalen Balaj. Yeah, I mean it's Trey Edmonds. Trey Edmonds is still there, yeah. I believe. Uh, I mean, I, he's probably if it were if it were me if it were if it was who you know I would think I would I would assume that Jalen Samuels isn't going to make the team as the running back because Benny has shown that he can play specials and that might, you know, that might be the best thing for him. McFarland, not Trey. McFarland. Yeah, no, you're right. I I mean, McFarland, I haven't lost hope on McFarland either. I Mm -hmm. I think, I think he provides. No, I think, I think there's definitely potential now with a solid number one guy in Najee to have Anthony McFarland kind of come out there as what you wanted Jalen Samuels to be as kind of like a specialty type player. I think McFarland has that potential. Yeah, I mean, would you be upset if the running back room come the end of training camp is Najee Harris, Benny Snell, Anthony McFarland, and I mean, you probably have to carry a fourth. Yeah. It, it, no, and no, you don't as, necessarily no, have just, to. But as long as as long as as long as Najee Harris is healthy, I couldn't care less who else is on that. That's team. true. I mean, that's who fair. Who else is in that running um, back room? And I don't know. Maybe the fourth will be a Balage, and that's just because you yeah. you, dra- you 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 spent money on him. You brought him in. Um, for a reason. Um, yeah, I mean, I, but I do think it's a fair conversation to say that Benny's in danger. I think he absolutely sure, is. Yeah, just because he hasn't done enough to prove himself to be a, no. a number one for sure, yeah. and we still don't know if he's going to be capable of being the number two guy. Right, and if he did prove something, I don't think the Steelers it's, would have it's drafted a, it's a three. It's a three-dog race to be yes. the number two guy. Right, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of crowded. Um, moving on, another running back here for the Houston Texans, it's Mark Ingram, and as you we mentioned in the last episode, Houston has a loaded running back room, um, and they all kind of do different things. You know, they yeah. have David Johnson there. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's Ingram that made of the, the list of the four between him, Burkhead, Lindsey, and David Johnson. David Johnson's, I think, the only one that's safe. 
I can understand yeah. the argument for Philip Lindsay because he's the youngest. Uh, he was only a rookie in, in 2018 or 2019, I believe. So you're not going to just cut him just because no. he, he, he has potential. Uh, I mean, he, he obviously is no longer in Denver because they have now Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. Yeah, there was right. really no point of keeping him there. So I, I do like Philip Lindsay's chances of making the team. I'm surprised they didn't go with Rex Burkett here because at least Mark Ingram was a pro bowler in yeah. both New Orleans and Baltimore. So I don't really understand why, maybe because he's older, that they, that uh, people are projecting that he wouldn't make the team or he has a, a worse chance of making the team than Rex Burkhead. But in terms of consistent or at least pass play, I would I would assume Mark Ingram would have that slight over Rex Burkhead here. No, I mean, I, I think that would be my bet if you're going to do a wide uh, running back. And again, it, it's it's not necessarily Ingram's fault or anybody's fault on this. It's just that the the running back group is so deep there. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if it would be Ingram for me. I know that he kind of got fleshed out in uh, in Baltimore, but that's more just because J.K. Dobbins was really good. And I think Edward, Gus Edwards is really, not to say that he's great, but he's carved out a role for himself. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, one of those guys is definitely not making the roster. I mean, there, there's definitely one of them. It's yeah. just a matter of which I mean, one. I honestly, like, if if you're the Houston Texans, you have very limited receivers. As we pointed out, it's Kiki yeah. QT, it's it's uh, Dante Moncrief, it's Randall Cobb past his prime, and then you obviously have the front runner in um, Brandon Cooks. But still, I don't understand if you have so little receivers, why not just use your running backs yeah, as much true. as you can? Yeah, just keep all of them and then yeah. find a pass catcher. Get rid Which of Dante David, Moncrief. I right. mean, Steelers fans yeah. can tell you that. He's not worth a roster spot. No. Uh, moving on to the Colts here, it's uh, Ben Bonagu, the defensive end. He was a second-round pick in 2019, but he played in only nine games in 2020. Um, it wasn't because he was injured. He was inactive because he fell so far down the depth chart. Um, again, that's another guy. Second round pick. You've fallen so far down the depth chart. Only, only two played. and a half sacks in yeah. two seasons. Yeah. That, yeah. that is not what you want out of a defensive end or any defensive pass rusher. No. Right. I mean, he only had two and a half sacks two years. That's bad. Um, and they also used their first two picks in the draft. The Colts get, did on Quiddy Pay and uh, Dale Audenjay. Audenjay. Oh, boy. Audenjaybo. Um, the defensive ends. I mean, Quiddy you... Pay. Everyone was reckon. Everyone who's familiar with mm-hmm. with Michigan knows Quiddy right. Pay. And even if you weren't familiar with Michigan, if you were following the draft, you you knew what Quiddy Pay could yeah. bring to an NFL team. And obviously, to use both not just your first, but your first Two, and right. second overall or second round picks, it definitely should be a a, a warning sign to. To Ben Bonagu here. Yep. And moving on to the Jaguars, it's defensive tackle Taven Bryan. He was a 29th pick in 2018, but he's been a disappointment in the in the, his first three years. And he lost his starting job last year to undrafted rookie Doug Coston. Um, you know, they, they do say that he's one of the strongest and most physically gifted defensive linemen on the roster, but it just feels like his game isn't the same uh, and isn't on the same level as others. Obviously, you get beat out um, by... You know, you get beat out by an undrafted rookie. That doesn't really spell out great mm-hmm. for you. Right. Um, you know, and even again, yeah, does that? I think that says a lot about him too. Because don't forget, the Jaguars were trying to bring in Tyson Alualu, mm-hmm. um, maybe to to replace him. And then at that point, you definitely weren't going to make the team team that they brought in Alualu. It could work out in his favor though, because you know he, they don't bring him in. They have an extra roster spot. Maybe he takes it, but I don't know um, if that's going to last very long. Uh, for the Tennessee Titans, it's offensive tackle Ty Simbralio. Um, 
it does say here he's very versatile. He can play both tackle spots. And I think that's probably the most important thing um, yeah. for a fringe tackle. A fringe, a fringe yeah. anybody, really. Yeah, right. uh, anybody on this on the, list. On the O-line, yeah. Um, on the O-line, a corner, a defensive, whatever it is, you, you have to be versatile. You have to be able to play um, every position. You have to be able to play the left. If it's a tackle, right. you have to be able to play left, play right. Um it shouldn't. It, it, it's probably not a good thing, though, if you're an offensive lineman on the Tennessee Titans with the best running back in football, and you're considered the fringe player. Yeah, it's true. I mean, he because you have to be reliable. Even though, yeah. even though Derrick Henry is as good as he is, he's not going to just run rampant with a bad offensive line. And he, he, Derrick Henry definitely makes the offensive line look better sometimes. Of course, I mean, any generational running back does. But that should tell you. The issues here with Ty yeah. because he's not looking great, even with a guy like Derrick Henry behind yeah. him. And they did take Dylan Raddins in the second round too. Um, and I guess he's he's really impressed at training camp or at, at mini camp and OTAs too. Um, I mean, it, it'll be. I a mean, competition Dylan Raddins was on the Steelers' radar for a time. He when, was when it was being considered. Do the Steelers use a second round pick because people were expecting him to to be there in the second round? Yep. Do you do you go with Raddins there? I mean, a lot of Steelers fans would have been happy to to have Raddins on the team. Yeah, I mean, no doubt, uh, and I definitely would have liked that. Uh, and I think that's a great pick by the by the uh, t- the Titans yeah, so do too. I. Um, but it's going to be a competition there. It's going to be a three a three man competition. Yeah, it will be. Um, and you know, I think. Anybody, I mean, Dylan Raddins is making the team. Obviously, yeah. You don't, you don't use a guy. You don't take a guy like Dylan Raddins and not have right. him make. The not team. use him. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, moving on to the Denver Broncos, the the veteran in danger. Um, it's a recognizable name, I think. It's running back Royce Freeman. Um, I think Freeman was a has been a fine backup in his career in yeah. a niche role. I remember when it was their it was his rookie year. I believe it was 2019, so two years ago. Everyone predicted Royce Freeman to be the breakout running back for Denver, yeah. and it turned out to be Philip Lindsay, who's now on the Houston Texans. But look at the so they, weird that they decided to keep Royce Freeman, who's done so much less than Philip Lindsay. But I guess that's just because they've brought in now two guys in the last two years each. Yeah. Last year they brought in Melvin Gordon. This year they went out and they drafted. Uh, Javante Williams from North Carolina, who a lot of people who are fans of this show or The Drive or, or Steelers Blitz know that the Steelers were very interested in a running back. And if it couldn't be Najee Harris, it was either going to be uh, Javante Williams or Travis Etienne. So a lot of people are familiar with this kid out of North Carolina, but still the fact that they used, even though Philip Lindsay, not necessarily Royce Freeman, had this breakout rookie season, it should be a cause for concern for Royce Freeman because the last two years – via free agency and the draft, the, the Denver Broncos went out and got two starting running backs. In, in last year, um, he played in all 16 games, did Royce Freeman, 35 carries for 170 yards. I mean, that's five yards a carry, but you only have 35 carries um, on the season. And then the last the two years prior, um, in 2018, 521 yards rushing, five touchdowns, four yards a carry. Um, the next year, 496, three touchdowns, 3.8 a carry. Um, in 2019, he also had 256 yards receiving in 2019, too. Um, but, again, it, it's a kind of a crowded um, running back room there. And, you know, Mike Boone is still on the roster, too. Um, I don't know. I mean, again, like you said, when you bring in Javante Williams, um, who's very good, I think he's going to end up being the starter by the end of the year. You think it's going to be Javante over yeah. – well, by the end of the year. The I, I think of, I agree, yeah. too. Yeah. I mean, it might happen in camp, but I definitely think at some point – um, you know, the, the torch is going to be passed there. And, you know, I think that says a lot about what they think of Royce Freeman. And I don't know. Uh, he definitely didn't impress at all last year, only 170 no. yards rushing, no, 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 whatever no. it was. 
Um, but so, still, yeah. I don't understand the the point of getting rid of him when he's only in his what will be his third year, I believe, and fourth, fourth year, this already will be, fourth this will year. Be so, his fourth so year. it was 2018 that it was the rookie campaign, him, yeah. him, and uh, Philip Lindsay. But still, you're young enough, and you only have two guys ahead of you. I, mean, I don't understand the point of getting rid of a third running back he, here. He's only 25 years old too. Yeah, uh, at this point, um, you know, I, I especially I, as a third option, right? Like, this isn't your first guy. This is your third option. I mean, he's definitely going to end up on a roster if he doesn't end yeah, up. Yeah, I think I think he could, but yeah. it, I don't understand. I wouldn't. This is another head scratcher for me on this list. I don't understand the logic of getting rid of a guy like Royce Freeman. No, I don't either. I think Especially he's... if Melvin Gordon kind of hits a wall as he's gotten older, which he, which he kind of did last year. Right. He wasn't great last year, so why not just keep Royce Freeman as a as a kind of insurance policy? But obviously, because you 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 expect Javante Williams to be the starter by the end of the year, why not have it be a two two man race for the second roster yeah. spot? Right. Yeah, I don't really get that either. But that's the situation that they have mm-hmm. themselves in. Um, and moving on here to the Kansas City Chiefs, um, the guy that's in danger is Andrew Wiley, their their guard. Um, Wiley started 35 games for the Chiefs over the last three years, but they do mention the additions of Joe Thune, who we talked about in the last episode, could right. pro- be possibly a be a pro bowler, his first one. It's um, weird that he hasn't been just because yeah. we, we've seen him play in the Super Bowl and he's been to, named to an all-pro team, but that's just the logic of the pro bowl. Yeah, um, again, so they added him, they added Trey Smith, and the return of... Laurent uh, Duvernay, uh, I mean, he opted out last year, but that's three guards that are now added in. Um, that leaves Wiley pretty vulnerable. Um, you know, Thune's going to start left guard. I mean, Thune's mm-hmm. been very good. Um, and a battle's brewing on the right side between, obviously, uh, Trey Smith and, and Duvernay. Um, you know, will he claim a backup spot? Possibly. But when you have three guards coming in to play well, four, really, if you add Wiley into the mix. Four to play two positions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could be a backup, but, I mean, that's not exactly that great. Again, because Thune's going to start, no doubt. I mean, he's been pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's not exactly the best place. And, again, um, I, I mentioned this case earlier for several other NFL teams. When when you're an offensive lineman for a, a team like the Kansas City Chiefs and you have a mobile quarterback, it doesn't reflect well upon you if you're – roster spot is in question because yeah. your job can be so easy with a guy like Patrick Mahomes in the pocket. It's just, and, and we saw how bad the state of the offensive line was by the, for the chiefs by right, the time they right, got right. to the super bowl. That was the, it was the headline was yes, that the Tampa Bay won and Tom Brady won. But the second biggest headline was, Oh my God, look at the beating that Patrick Mahomes yeah. took because of how bad the O line was. So definitely this guy should be worried. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and then another offensive lineman here, for the Vegas Raiders, it's Brandon Parker. Um, he was the third-round pick in John Gruden's first draft uh, since returning in 2018. Um, you would think by now that he would have solidified his right tackle spot. Um, at, he did start 12 games as a rookie, He, but since then he's uh, started just seven combined games over the last two years. And, oh, by the way, the Steelers, or the Steelers, the Raiders, uh, drafted Alex Alex Leatherwood. Um, I don't know to if they right needed tackle. to. They did. That was the biggest yeah. reach a lot of people were, were considering in the first round of the draft, but they still went out and got him. It, they, they think very yeah. highly of him, yeah, obviously. Of, of course. Yeah, I mean, and when you're slipping down the depth chart, they bring in a guy. They might have reached on, but they bring in a guy that they're high on to play right tackle. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a possibility there that he doesn't make the team. Um, they also list a bonus here. Does Paul Gutierrez for the Vegas Raiders keep your eyes on Jalen Richard, 
uh, the running back who kind of is a niche niche pass catcher kind of. Yeah, but they um, already they went out and they got um what's his name from Arizona? Yeah, Kenyon Drake. They right. Kenyon Drake and they already have Josh Jacobs. Right, that's true. Um cornerback Nevin Lawson, I don't know much about him. And wide receiver Zay Jones. Zay Jones is bouncing around. He was in he's, Buffalo yeah. and now he's in now he's in Vegas. I mean, there's really nothing good to say about no. him, but maybe because the the wide receiver room is is isn't crowded at all compared yeah. to others that we've talked about. Maybe it's it's possible that yeah. he he he's safe just because there aren't any other names on there that are are going to be threats to him on the roster. No, last one for the AFC. Um, this guy, see, this is an interesting situation. This is another one where I don't think the guy has done anything wrong. It's just, it's just the because situation. The, the other people on the team. Yeah, and for the LA Chargers, it's Justin Jackson, and he's the had back, yeah. he's had some good games for them. I mean, he's had to play some, um, but it just says, no. I mean, when when Austin Eckler went down, it was how it was the Chargers were deciding how do we deal with this, yeah. and and it wasn't often that they went with Justin Jackson, but the, the time the two times that they did. He was decent enough. I mean, mm-hmm. he never eclipsed 100 yards, but still, they fed him the ball 15-plus times the two times they went with him. And, I mean, he scored uh, – He never. Uh, sorry, he never scored a touchdown last year. So, But they still had enough confidence to go with him. I don't understand the, the reasoning behind this pick. Again, maybe it's just because it's so crowded. I know uh, it says here that they use a six-round pick on a running back, but still, I mean, how, how much – how in love could you really be with a yeah. six-round draft pick? Right. I don't know if you are. I mean, Eckler's, Eckler's obviously fantastic. He, it, it's a matter of him staying healthy. Josh Kelly, I think, really kind of ascended yeah, while, while Eckler Kelly was, was out. Yeah, Josh Kelly was the guy that really took over. J- Justin Jackson took over once or twice, but it was mm. really Josh Kelly for the majority of the season while so Eckler was out. those two are saved. I mean, I don't see them keeping four running backs. Again, yeah, like you said, they did draft the, you know, the, the, the six-round guy out of Missouri, uh, Larry Roundtree. I don't know. I mean, one of them's going to have to go. I would assume that it it wouldn't be Justin Jackson because he has some NFL experience. Is he fantastic? No, but he's a third option. Um, and he's proven that right. he can at least be a backup if Eckler goes down mm-hmm. and Kelly's the number one. He's proven that he can at least do that a, a, a little bit here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's – I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that one. Like you said, I think I would keep – um, I would keep Justin Jackson and, and, and get rid of the, the six-round running back. I mean, what can you really expect from a, a six-round running back? Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, well, that's going to do it here. Let's see if – actually, let me just move to the NFC real quick and see if there's anybody that's interesting here. Um, oh, well, this one – this is the only one I think we'll, we'll get to here. But uh, for the Chicago Bears, it's quarterback Nick Foles. That's yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, as long as you – as long as Matt Nagy makes the right decision – and goes with Justin Fields early on, it seems that people would have more confidence in Andy Dalton. I mean, the, the Bears named a starter, named Andy Dalton the starter uh, before Justin Fields arrived and after Justin Fields arrived. So yeah. it does seem that Nick Foles would be the obvious choice there in that in that quarterback room. Because you don't you can't hold on to three starting quarterbacks. No, three capable guys. Like you have to have a backup at you know what I mean? It, it's somewhere there. But yeah, that's the most probably intriguing one in the NFC. That's gonna do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. On the next episode, we're going to dive back into the all time standard and we're gonna go uh take a look at some outside linebackers, maybe one of the deepest position groups in Steelers probably. history. Probably uh, the deepest. I, I think it's fair. And so we'll have a, a fun discussion about the top five and, and thank you as always for listening, whether it's at Steelers Nation Radio or on Steelers.com, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Kellen Gersky, that's Jacob Recht, and we will talk to you next time.